Welcome to Notorious P.O.D. episode 55. I'm your host, Big John Bass. It's another Hip Hop Forum episode, which means I'm joined by Cal Kaida. How are you, mate? Yeah, wonderful, man. Yeah, got, got my bottle of water ready for some savagery. Yeah, perfect. And on the other end of the spectrum, someone who's not got a bottle of water, but they're like Jesus, have turned a bottle of water into a bottle of wine. Uh, T, how are you, mate? Good, good, good. Good vibes all around. Um, I've got corn miserable on the old and the old fighting cock, but you know what? I'm happy today. That's I was good. happy on Monday. It just kind of came across badly. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed it. My favourite thing is when you just start going for people, T. So I, I enjoy it. It's like reverse psychology for me. The more you're savaging people, the happier I am in a lot of ways. Um, <laughs> but do you want to maybe tell the listeners, like, what you, you've basically worked out those economies of scale when it comes to booze, and, you know, it's starting to not make sense paying for three, four pound bottles of beer when you can have a bottle of wine for five quid well i was driving to tesco today and um i saw it was one pound 40 for petrol probably diesel but it's 139 for unleaded and i thought fuck's sake i've really got to, really got to think this through because like three pound 50 for a nice kind of brew dog and i can get a bottle of pinot for seven quid so like well you know let's just let, let, let's try and evolve let's try and grow up a little bit so um I'm having a bottle of Pinot, but um, I've been told that anything less than um, 10 quid, 15 quid is swill. So I have to get my, I have to dip my hands in my pockets. For a second there, T, I thought you were going down the route of like, it's one pound, like whatever it is, 59 for a litre of petrol. So I've just started taking up sniffing petrol because it's much cheaper than drinking expensive beer. But you Yeah, know. just breathe, breathe it to the car. <laughs> just fumes, yeah. Just take a pint glass and just chuck that in. How much is that, mate? 50p? Lovely. Yeah. I just start that's what i thought would, you know you think about white lightning i thought you fuck no you could run you could run a motor off white lightning no problem at all but i'm starting to think with the the, the amount of the amount that everything's costing these days that the next pandemic is shoplifting because when was the last time you saw a security guard fat security guard chasing someone down the road because they've nicked some fucking turkey twizzlers or some what's it's like it doesn't happen yeah. anymore they don't care the problem of the floor in that plan cal is that the shelves are empty so what are you going to be shoplifted that's true. What what drift? A bit a bit of comfort. A bit yeah. a bit of Lenore. Yeah. Bit of yeah. stale mighty white that's left on the shelf. <laughs> no other fucking ones. I'll tell you what it'll be. It'll be fucking pasta, because every other prick's already stocked up on that in the last pandemic. There's just loads of pasta everywhere. Yeah. So pasta and toilet roll, you'd be fine. Shoplift that. No drama. Just you know, stick the old facility under your arm and you just you're away, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. And then and then if you get caught, you'll go penne. Get it? <laughs> Bars. bars man's got bars um all right so yeah this is uh, notorious pod it's not it's been a slow week in hip-hop hasn't it not loads going on it's either feast or famine a little bit we either get fucking new albums people getting locked up for nonsense like it all goes off or it's a little bit stale so there'll be a bit of a whistle stop tour of uh of the hip-hop world this week um but we've got some good stuff let's just go straight into um part one this is the street reports this is the latest from the world of hip-hop I just want to start with a bit of a, a light one. Um, keep it fun. Kanye West's haircut uh, is the deadest of dead trims. Uh, T, talk to me about when you saw, I saw this on Instagram and I, I looked at it, you know, like when you're sort of scrolling, I looked at it like three or four different posts and I just, I don't, you know, sometimes you can't perceive what you're looking at and you just sort of scroll and then you read the caption and you're like, sorry, what? Um, and it was like Kanye West's new haircut. Do you want to describe to people who maybe haven't seen it what what it looks like? Well, it's like he um, 
cut his own hair while being sat on a wash not an eighties washing machine. So it's like, you know, when you try and cut your own hair, there's patches at the back. It's just got no idea what it is. But you know what's gonna happen? It's gonna emerge that that haircut cost him about hundred and fifty dollars and everyone mm. also wanting the same haircut. Just lots of patches. I mean, there's a show called Nathan Barley, you know, a real cult show back in the day. And I feel like we're living in those times now, just like the age of the twat. And that's what, <laughs> and that's what Kanye West is. Cal's been living in that <laughs> era his whole life. <laughs> that's, that's how I'm living. That's how I'm living. That's, that's how I'm living. Age of the twat for life. Twat life. That's what it's about. <laughs> twat life. Tattooed <laughs> over his belly. That's how, that's how, it does. It look. It looks like he got. It looked like he got his little his little girls cut his hair in the middle of the night, and then he just got up and thought, you know what? Fuck it. I'm Kanye yeah. West. I can rock anything. I, th- I feel like this is uh, like we've spoken about a few times about his music, which is like he just wakes up and goes, right, what is the most outlandish thing I can do that people will say is brilliant? And I think he's gone, right, today I'm going to fucking hack my hair up into bits uh, and see what they say about that. And I'm sure there'll be, to T's exact point, I'm sure there'll be people this afternoon have gone and asked for a hacked up fade, uh, smashed up like new turf haircut. Um, mm. It looks it it's looks quite like it's gone to. It must be quite sad being, you know, the life of a stan because um, people always stan these kind of um, divisive characters. It's never someone really, really wholesome that people stand like, I don't know, like a Keanu Reeves who's just a nice guy. Mm. There's always these like really odd people. I mean, you know, Michael Jackson, Kanye West, everything they do, they fans going to do. Imagine just living your life like that where you've, you've gone so far down the rabbit hole that you can't go back. And that's where it feels like with Kanye West fans is like, well, he's making shit music. I've got to like it. I have to like it. I've got to make myself like it. And that's where we are. Yeah, for sure. So I, I looked at this when I f- finally figured out what it was. I looked at it for a minute and I thought it was one of two things. Either, do you remember there was that era in football shirts, like goalkeeper shirts, when it was like, make it a really mental pattern because it will draw the attention of of a like striker when they're taking a penalty, which was complete bollocks. It, first of all, I thought it was that, like some sort of weird pattern shirt. Uh, and then I just like assumed it was like um, some sort of uh, Greta Thunberg um, kind of like uh, promotional thing of like, this is what the world surface is going to look like in three years if we carry on. <laughs> just like slightly burnt out like jungles and like wastelands. But then when I looked closer, I realised it just it just like bits of shaved hair and like bits of longer hair all mashed together. It looks berserk. But what is the worst celebrity haircut ever? Like what is the worst haircut you've been aware of? Or maybe just some, someone you know that's had an awful barnet? Because I was thinking there's been a few there's been a few stinkers out there. Like I mean the yeah. first one that springs to mind is when Bex um, Bex has had a few pretty brutal haircuts. Looking back on it, um, mullets were pretty bad, weren't they? Um, Hulk Hogan's bald-headed but blonde mullet springs to mind. That is a fucking awful haircut. Um, our very own Ricky TFC's um, <laughs> I gave him a lot of stick about his Paul Weller. Um, I don't. I hate Paul Weller haircuts. They're my least favourite male haircut. The mod haircuts. I always said, you know, if I was white, I'd probably have that haircut at one point in my life. You know, real <laughs> yes. you know, just a proper 100%. proper mod style. That's one of the styles I'd, I'd have. Um, the worst haircut, I actually mentioned Nathan Barley and Geek Pie. So if you've not seen Nathan Barley, just Google Geek Pie. It basically, he had, um, I think, 
Yeah, the really bad haircut, and he tried to cover it up, and it just looked worse, and he had to end up going out with the haircut. And then people said, oh, that's cool as fuck. So he got, like, a bunch of people around Shaw just walking around with um, a handbag and paint on their head. <laughs> so the geek the geek pie would be mine. Okay. Cal, any any sort of suggestions from, from bygone days of awful haircuts? Or do they just, with time, all haircuts look bad, but at the time they were fine? That's, do you know what? My first thought was Fat Ronaldo when mm. he he had the little thing at the front, the like the arrow thing that he had at the front, but then he ended up winning yeah. the World Cup with it. And then it was like, okay, now that's the greatest haircut of all time. And then one one haircut that, that I've always... When my younger brothers were in, they were in secondary school. And one of my youngest brother, he was in secondary school, he had quite long hair, like down to his shoulders. And I, I was working, so I had like disposable income. I said, change your hair so it looks like Dr. Bounty Hunter and I'll buy you an Xbox. Because <laughs> I always thought Dr. Bounty Hunter had the most fucking awesome haircut ever. It's actually ridiculous. Awesome. Real... <laughs> it's actually ridiculous, but I just really wanted to see someone in real life with Dr. Bounty, Dr. Bounty Hunter hair. I was like, come on, come on. Get Dr. Bounty Hunter hair and you'll get an Xbox from me first thing tomorrow morning in your hand. Um, so yeah, Ronaldo, the Dr. Bounty Hunter. What's the outcome? Did they do it? Didn't... He didn't have the minerals. He didn't have the minerals. Yeah, bottled it. Bottled it. Shocking. Okay. So, yeah. So, I mean, look, there are, I'm sure there is a shitload of bad haircuts out there. Probably people listen to this who don't know they've got a bad haircut going, yeah, 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 yeah. There's loads of bad haircuts. Yeah, yeah. Um, We've all had a bad haircut. I had definitely had, I had one of those, um, I guess it's more of like facial hair. But I used to have basically the reverse of what I have now. So now I just have a big normal beard. But I used to have one of those that was just the neck bit. Do you remember when that was a trend for a bit? Like you'd what? get rid of the top and it just you just have like stubble around the bottom of your neck. And it looked fucking like awful. a neck beard. Kind of, but like not because the rest of it had just was long. You'd specifically get rid of the bit on <clears> your cheeks <throat> and just let the bit on your neck grow to like frame your face. It was fucking awful. Um <sighs> Yeah, that was terrible. Um, and yeah, mullet, oh pretty, pretty bad. Uh, French crop, I think every white kid my age has had a French crop in their time. Um, I did have braids. Did you? <laughs> That's they good. were like, so I had like, for the longest time, I had what was called an undercut, which is all yeah. of this. The horseshoe bit was shaved and there was like a line shaved at the top. And I had the top bit was like quite long, like shoulder length. And then in the summer holidays, my stepbrother braided it. So I had, yeah, I know. There are no photos. There are no photos. That's, I'm so fucking grateful that I didn't grow up in the smartphone generation where everything is on camera or on video somewhere because it would just be awful. Not just the things I look like, but the things I would say. If I had Facebook as a teenager, if I had Facebook as a teenager, I'd be so cancelled. Oh, God, yes. Oh god. Well, I, I list some of my haircuts then. So um Tottenham's Royal and Emerson Royale has got like they go down to a V at the back in the yeah. late nineteen eighties. Nigel Ben had that haircut, so I love wow. Nigel Ben had the same haircut. Um I had a high top, like kid like kid I could have played. But sick. instead of having a fade, it was like a crown. So it's like zigzags <laughs> instead, of, instead, of, instead of um instead of a fade. Sick. Reverse Bart Simpson. That is so it's sick. like the top of my head yeah. could come off like a crown. I don't know why. It just, just kind of came to me. I just had that. Um, trying to think of what else I've had, really. Um, 
I suppose that, as Atlantis has got, I had a little phase of having my hair dyed. So my hair is almost the same color as my skin. And I'm kind of a light-skinned black guy. So I think a strawberry blonde the color was. And it just looked like I had no hair. It looked like just my skin faded <laughs> into my hair. So I did that for a little bit. And um, the rest of the haircuts, I've got no shame about just those. Have either of you, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure you're both going to say yes to this, have either of you had anything shaved into your head, like a Nike tick or the Jordan logo? So my friend Bump, he had the like Jordan jumping thing like shaved into the back of his head and it looked fucking sick when we were kids. I mean, he was one of only like two black kids at my school. He was already one of the coolest kids ever. And then he does that and just walks into school like a fucking god. Everyone's like, Bump, oh, you're the man. Um I've only ever had patterns once because yeah. um, my hair grows really fast. So I just realized it's a waste of money early on. But I had like an island, island, just like you know, an island and a coconut tree. It wasn't a palm tree in the back of my head. Oh. But outside of that, there's not much point in me having patterns, even though my hair isn't as thick as it used to be. If I had patterns now, I'd be growing out in a week. So, waste mm. of time. Yeah, um, I, had a night, yeah. I had a night tick. Night tick was the one. I didn't, I didn't have a night tick. Um... I didn't have. I after after the after the after the braids where I was going for some. I don't know what I was going for. I was going for some Jesse, appropriation. Jesse Nelson, yeah, yeah. The fucking I was on some Jesse Nelson. Yeah, <laughs> I was on some really heavy appropriation vibes, and then I went from that, and then just shaved my head completely, like a zero all over. I went proper Green Street, like get them all out. Went, <laughs> People are from- laughing at my hair. He went from sad. He went from Sada X to American History X, and <laughs> very good. Uh... <laughs> oh, jeez. Right. Let's um. Let's move on. Enough about dodgy haircuts. Let's talk about um providing us a lot of good content this year. Uh, versus, uh, KRS One, Big Daddy Kane. I haven't seen the whole thing. Seen a couple of clips. Uh, mm. As expected, Big Daddy Kane was very, very smooth. Um, I think on balance, it seems like people gave him the edge. Which I think before, which going into it, I think people were like, KRS One's got the catalog, he's got the energy. I think Big Daddy Kane maybe came out on top, just delivered, just smooth, just breath control, just was doing bits. The bits I've seen though, the crowd were trash. Like they just mm. were not, they were just not, they were not honoring these two legends with the status they deserved. Um, Cal, did you manage to see anything of it? Any thoughts on the battle? Yeah, I saw some bits of it. I, I, I because I don't watch all of it, I pretty much go by what Big Ghost says on Twitter. And it's really fun to follow follow his tweets the morning after because it's almost like what following a boxing match that you haven't watched yeah. because he'll score it as it goes. He'll go one. And he was like 7-0 KRS. Like he was like <laughs> KRS. KRS is washing him right now. And then it seemed like it seemed like in the end that his opinion was that KRS won one, but that Big Daddy Kane it's almost like he went five nil down and then came back and scored three and kind of made the made the score more respectable. That was the impression I got. But yeah, real shame about the crowd. But what what really stood out for me was, yes, I was kind of following Big Ghost, but my timeline was proper lit up. And most of the people I follow on Twitter are boxing people or yeah, boxing people. And it was a lot of American boxing journalists were just tweeting about it. And that's when you know something has resonated is when everybody's talking about it. And that that was the thing that stood out to me is that so many people were talking about it and really, really enjoying it, despite the crowd. So I think it went down well. How about you two? What were your what were your thoughts? I've not actually watched it, but I did see um Big Ghost's thoughts on it. And um 
I think the crowd affected what Big Daddy Kane was doing. Big Daddy Kane's like, you know, he's off the um, James Brown sort of era where, you know, he entertained the crowd. Um, the breath control, the clarity of his lyrics apparently was better than careless ones. But I think a point that Big Ghost made was that Big Daddy Kane's peak was very, very, very short, whereas careless ones has been part of the furniture for 30 years or more. You know, um, Big Daddy Kane had the first two albums, and after that, kind of went downhill. But what he did in those three years was probably more than people achieving in their entire career. So it's like the Mark Tyson of hip hop, but more, much more likable and less problematic than Mark Tyson, in that um, his peak was higher than most of the other people who ever existed. But it was a short peak. And um, the stuff that Big Daddy Kane does, people, to this day, people um, mimic the stuff he does, even if they don't know it. You know, and that's probably the beauty of um of these verses is that it kind of brings back, kind of pays homage to the old school, and hopefully a new audience to the scene of Big Daddy Kane to maybe dig deep deep into his music, and you know maybe some DJ from I don't know Estonia sees a Big Daddy Kane song and makes it go to number one all over the world and gives him the money that he needs. Well, not doesn't need the money, but that he deserves deserves yeah. that much. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I, I mean, I thought there was some some really nice points that people have made. So, nineties rappers, producers, DJs, etc. Um, and so they they were. It was basically like Pete Rock and like people like that, and they were kind of favouring or seeming to favour the outcome being towards Big Daddy Kane. Which, to be honest, if you've got some people saying one, some people saying the other, it means it was close, which is ultimately a good thing, right, in terms of the, the outcome. Um, for me, like, in terms of uh, what I got out of the, the bits that I saw was was kind of what you just said there, T, which is, like, it just reminded me, like, in its most simple form, what's beautiful about rapping as a technique <clears throat> and as, a, as an art form. And Big Daddy Kane and people like Rakim, where they make it very, like, percussive and like rhythmic and like taking it back to that like more simplistic but very musical driven flow it's just a great it's just a great thing to witness done well and like he is such a he's such a good technician like this whole like breathing control thing seems like one of those words that like podcasters use but like if you watch it his performance like he is so controlled and he's just slick and it's just perfect and if you watch really great rappers like really like top tier rappers a lot of the time they haven't got that breath control and so when you see them live it's not great because you, you lose a little bit of that um and so watching his performance was just it was just watching a, a legend pull out all the old old kind of tricks and it was great to see I mean, one just jump off the point you made there. Not many people these days pride themselves of the live performance, and that's probably why Mark Rebier is so popular now because he's kind of almost brought that back. When I was growing up, the Roots' live show was something that was talked about in hushed tones because it was just so. And it's just, and it's like um, I saw Company Flow, and I don't think they did many more gigs, but. Their live show was fucking mental. One of the best live shows I saw was was Wyclef, actually. And I've seen almost everyone in hip-hop, and he's, he, he did all of them. He's on stage for three hours. Absolute showman. I don't think, you know, I'm, thinking, like, I could, I'm sounding a bit like, you know, in my day, but mm. it doesn't seem that like many modern artists do the same with their live shows. They don't take the time to prepare. I mean, an example of that was Dipset and Locks. Now, yeah. Locks prepared 
they made sure that everything was on point. They knew to come in. They prepared for the live show. And um, I guess now you can make a living outside of the live shows. And I guess in the COVID era, you just do a little tiny desk, sat at a, sat at a normal chair and just sing your lyrics out. But um, I think, you know, when this pandemic dies down or when we're at a point where we can live with it, I think it's important for the mainstream acts to really focus on their live show because... If I come to, to if if one of us come comes to the other two and says, you know what, I saw this live show that's fucking amazing, I will make a point of seeing them the next time they're in town. I mean, Cal, me, you and I saw R.A. the Rugged Man, and the crowd wasn't really into it, but he's like, fuck this, you lot are going to be with me whether you like it or not, and he just kept going, kept plugging away, that by the end, everyone's, everyone's inhibitions went and just went for it, and mm. that's a very underrated quality of a, of a music act, because... Romus, so Romus has got a podcast. Um, what's it called again? Hip Hop Save My Life. Hip Hop Save My yeah. Life, yeah. And there's a part in it where he just, this is hip hop live shows. And it's a shame, really, because hip hop is an actual proper genre. It's not, it's not for kids anymore. It's a proper, you know, industry. But the live shows always suck. So hopefully this is something that will improve over time. Yeah, I, I mean, he is. Yeah, fucking hell. He, does, he doesn't speak for me. He's a goon I mean, as well, so. Yeah, fuck. fucking. So yeah, most 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 shows I've been to are very hit and miss. The the best ones for clarity were Jay Z, breath breath control is fucking flawless. Like he was great live, and Common was really good, like really just clear. And then loads of other good rappers that were shite um, live shows. I mean Wu Wu Tang was fairly appalling, um, but I, it was just the vibe really. So you just you're yeah. just embracing it. But actual clarity of raps was pretty fucking terrible what's the best live show you've seen john what uh, venue? Yeah. uh stevie wonder i saw him you know wish i didn't ask <laughs> um he was amazing it's stevie wonder i mean for the i mean i really enjoyed it because the first basically like 10 minutes he just played miles davis covers instrumentals and people were fucking losing their mind like, oh, play, isn't she lovely? Play happy birthday. And I was like, you lot, scum. Absolute scum. If he wants to come out here and play in three hours of Miles Davis, you lot can shut the fuck up. Uh, that was pretty good. Uh, who else was that? It was a great gig, not like a big name, but I saw Muramasa live. That was a great show. He was amazing. Uh, D'Angelo was pretty good. Fucking ten minute songs. Fucking Go on, ten minute songs. Fucking Go on, Cal. What's, what's, what's your best? Do you know what? You know me. You know the gremlin in my brain. And when when John was talking about Stevie Wonder and playing Miles Davis songs, I was thinking, oh, what if Stevie Wonder did a full heel turn, brought out Honey G, and just did the most trash show he could pick up? Honey fucking G, you know. <laughs> Just proper turns heel, like all these fucking Kishi and Kishi and white people are out there. Good, come on, <laughs> play songs in the key of life. He's like, now nah, fuck you, Honey G comes out, <laughs> just shits on everybody there. Fuck you, you just paid two hundred quid for this, you cunts. I can't believe um, she was everything for the American listeners. She was on um, our equivalent of um, American Idol, and she was like um, some middle class answer to Missy Elliott, and was absolutely terrible. She, she did not perform her own song. She performed other people. It was basically just shit karaoke, but she yeah. seemed to get somewhere with it. That's So for me, that would be the full heel turn for Stevie Wonder. Mm. But anyway, sorry, best shows I've seen. Um, 
It's interesting. Mm. Master Ace was really good when we saw Master Ace. Where was that? Um, um, XLYO, I think. I'm, I remember. Yeah, fuck you, John. He wasn't there leaving you out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, leaving you out, can You weren't there. Um, but I remember, I remember that night just not being in the mood. I wasn't in the mood. I wanted to go home. Like, I just wanted to go home. And then I was like, oh, let's, you know, let's go watch Master Ace. He was fucking wicked. And the old school guys get it. You guys have both made a good point about how the old school guys know about doing live shows. But that's because, and I wanted to make this point, that's how they came up. They came yeah. up rocking the mic at parties, in the street, in the hood. Whereas today, and yeah, again, I'm sounding like an old gammon, but today they come up on SoundCloud or they make yeah. shit at home in their bedroom and then put it out on the internet. So they don't initially, they don't come up doing it live in front of people. They come up sending it out on an email. And I think it's, they perhaps lose out on being able to do live shows because of that. Um, Mayor Hawthorne was great as well. I think I saw him at the Brooklyn Bowl. I fucking missed us beat West Ham. I don't know. That was annoying. Um, but um, that was really good at the Brooklyn Bowl. That was really good as well. So I'd say those two. Mayor Hawthorne at the Brooklyn Bowl, he was really good. And uh, Master Ace at XOYO. I think my top three, um, Maxwell was absolutely immense. And his band were just so tight. So mm. I saw him as he done the album. So about 96, 97. And the band were just amazing. Um, I think uh, he released an unplugged album. It's the same band. Just so tight. Everything was on point. Um, Wildclub, I mentioned earlier. Three hours, right? Man mm. arrives on stage of Naomi Campbell on the back of the Harley Davidson. That's how you arrive on stage. <laughs> nice. That's how you do it. That's that's how you do fucking it. mental. Um, Company Flow, as I mentioned earlier on. More recently, um, I, I enjoyed Anderson Park a lot. But the venue yes. was a bit of a weird one. The way the venue was slanted, I couldn't really see him. But he he did really, really well. Um, R.A. the Rugged Man was one who just... He was he was going to get that crowd eaten out of his hand if it killed him. Um, mm. So he was one. Raphael Sadiq, I saw him with a mate of mine. That was a, that was a fun gig. And... Um, Phony people? They were all right. They were all right. I think if, they, if I'd seen them after they did the album before that, Mm. I'd have enjoyed it more because they did an album after it. Was it Mosaic? Right, right, right. right. They didn't hear the songs I wanted. Right. Uh, for me, a good show is when you, I always enjoy, if I go back and I enjoy the music more after seeing them live, then I know that's a good show. Yeah, there's a song they did um, and I enjoyed it more after seeing a live show. Yeah, yeah. Um, Baby Be My Lover, that's the song. But I didn't do an ad lib. I sang out the ad, ad lib out loud. I didn't do the ad lib, so that annoyed me. But um, <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed. It. it was a great set. Um, I've I've seen some pretty good DJs do some fucking amazing sets. Like I've seen um, I've seen EZ do a four hour set, which was for the garage heads out there, which was fucking flawless and absolutely phenomenal. Uh, and the pace at which he was moving through his set was just like unbelievable. Like the skill level was amazing. Uh, seen Premier do a three hour set. And Fabric and Royster 5.9 was supporting. So he got a bit of Royce, bit of Prem, and then them together, which was fucking perfect. That's amazing. Yeah, sick. It was at Fabric as well. It was amazing. Um, so that was really cool. Um, seeing Jazzy Jeff in New York, vinyl only set. That was fucking amazing. And DJ Scratch as well. And then they went back to back. That was cool. I saw Pete Rock and met him uh, in Brooklyn Bowl in Brooklyn. 
uh, as he walked in, I was like, "All right, Pete," <laughs> and he was like, "This is your fig." Yeah, all right, Pete. And he said, "All right, I went, I'm from London." He went, "Oh, all right, I don't care." That's nice. <laughs> yeah, and I met Razel as well the same night, which is pretty funny. Um, saw Slum Village uh, again. The lineup was a bit mad because it was like Illa J. Who else was there? It was like T3 and Bartan, maybe. So it was a yeah, it was a fucking weird lineup. Um, and then they went to some after party afterwards, and we were just with Illa J on the dance floor chatting to him. It was pretty surreal. Um, so that was pretty cool. But they were like very odd, just sets by DJs rather than like I don't know if they. That's a separate topic, if you know what I mean. It, it almost exactly so many DJs that I saw. Um, Daddy Jeff was one of the best I've seen. Yeah, he's, he's fucking amazing. Absolute mastermind. And um, I went to this night. This is make a jelly, John. One night, Jazzy Jeff, DJ Premier, Mark Ronson. This is Mark Ronson of the Ooh-Wee era. Yeah. Not Mark Ronson doing fucking Uptown Funk. Mark Ronson doing Ooh-Wee. Those three doing sets. To be fair, I really, really enjoyed the Jazzy Jeff set. The other two weren't at their best. So I saw them. Um, what's the guy's name? Well, I forgot his name. But Jazzy Jeff always stands out. But I'm more of a househead, as you guys know. Um Louis Vega and Kenny Dope, Masters at Work. Their sets are absolutely amazing. Um, Osan Lade is another one. His sets are amazing. But DJ Spinner did um, some stuff on Soundbombing. But he also does house sets as well. And if you get a chance to see DJ Spinner, you have to see him. He's, he's amazing. Just uh, while we're trading war stories, I saw Sandy Rivera in Pasha uh, pull out a serious fucking set. Uh, I, luckily for me, I, I don't do drugs, so I was, I was pissed at my face, but I remember it being a fucking belting set. Oh, God. Uh, that was a pretty special moment. Yeah, it was pretty good. But everyone else was chewing their fucking face off, so I was like, oh, do you remember <laughs> that last night? And they're like, what are you talking about? I was like, fuck's sake. Beautiful. Yeah, perfect. Um, all right, let's. Um, that was a good, good little uh, side note. I like that. That went in a good direction. Um, just want to go back to verses. Um, Buster is basically like touting himself out, looking for an opponent. Mm. Uh, as far as I'm aware, I, I don't think they've um, they've signed off on anyone as we record. So I guess like the question is like, uh, Cal, I'll start with you. Who goes against Buster? What's a good What's a good battle for him? What makes sense? You know, there was an interesting debate. I don't know if it was on it was on some sort of fucking social media platform. And somebody was comparing Buster Rhymes to Jada Kiss. Now, as rappers, I don't think I don't think it works just because Jada Kiss has done one recently. So oh. I'm not sure really if I want to see that. Buster Rhymes is hard. Who can go up against him, really? I'm not sure. It's tough. Um, yeah. I'd have, I'd have said Redman, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I was going to say Meth, on. actually. I nearly said Meth, but them two have done one recently as well. That's what put me Yeah, on. Redman's already been on one, so he'd be one I'd say. Um, it's difficult with Buster because of the era he covers. I mean, mm. and he says five people have um, have said no. <laughs> so that's. Oh, shit. Yeah, in the same article, I think it says that. So I don't know. I'd have. If I had to pick anyone, doesn't matter if they've done one before, I'd say Redman. I, I've i been thinking about this since we put this in this afternoon. Why not Snoop? Because I feel mm. like they both cover like the same eras, right? They're still putting out music now. They're still relevant now. They've still been relevant from when they started in the 90s. It's East versus West. It's like big party <laughs> bangers. It's proper gritty like hip-hop. Like, 
they're quite similar in a weird way in the sense of like they've got this like crossover appeal like everyone knows who Busta Rhymes is like everyone knows who Snoop Dogg is outside of hip-hop as well they've got mm. like big yeah club bangers that people know they've got the gully shit they can both rap they can both do their like big hits like I just thought that was perfect and it's not it, even been mentioned there's one problem with that he, he battled DMX didn't he yeah so he's already done one is the yeah that's, okay. that's the problem but there would be there would be a perfect match for the reasons is that they appear to the same sort of crowd they go to university got the fucking cannabis leaf on the on the wall that sort of generation <laughs> so yeah i think Steve Dog would be a very good match for him but as the red man's already been on oh it's difficult man because uh, i don't get see wa- it get washed by buster no i think yeah, i think i think rick ross would probably wash buster no, based on the, based on well. crowds, based based on <gasps> crowds, based, based on crowds, right? And appeal, he might. I don't I don't think Rick Ross is better, by the way. Obviously not, but I just think the place that Rick Ross has in hip hop these days, he'd do better than he should. Then it's I, a good match. I don't think he gets anywhere near. Like I don't. I think Buster's got like four songs in his first like period that will are better than anything Ross has ever put out. So like what happens when he just pulls out Wuha? He's got yeah, nothing you, on that level. Yeah, but you hate Rick Ross, so it's not really a oh no, it's not exactly an unbiased argument. What's your favourite Rick Ross song? Uh I don't like anything. There you go. <laughs> uh, I, it's I, trash. I, I mean versus kind of environment BMF would fucking bang. Brings out Styles P, Rick exactly. Ross, that shit would fucking bump. To be fair, Loon beats both of them, no problem at all. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. I well, think Ricky Ross gives him a good one. I gives him a good one, but I would probably pick Buster. But Ricky Ross would give him a good matchup. I, I mean, fair enough. I I guess like for me, it has to be someone that's got the longevity just to sit even close to dealing with Buster, because Buster has got just every type of track you want. He's got big club hits. He's just got fucking recent tunes as well that are massive what's that fucking mental one where he's with chris brown when he just flows at a million miles an hour i can't remember what it's called it's it's fucking mental and it's you always see it on instagram it's not recent though is it that's that's about 10 years old i mean it's i mean i know the song from chris brown yeah maybe it's 10 years it's it's in this new era it's chris brown right it's not the 90s yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, think, I, I think it's about ten years old. I think it's called "Look at Me Now." Because right. your favorite little, your favorite little Wayne's on the song as well, mate. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. no one fucking mentions it ever because it's, it's completely destroyed by Buster. Buster steals that track. That track's still circulating now, and he can do it live as well. And it's fucking mental. Rick Ross, just what's he gonna do when that's when that's happening? Just stand there, just being all fat and informing yes. on these. Yeah. Pathetic. Rick Ross is yeah, pathetic. But it's, it's, that's a problem with verses, though, bro. You know, it's not about <laughs> bro. It's not about who's better than that. I think B. Daddy Kane's better than KRS One, but it's not going to beat him in a verses because he's just got just has a deeper catalogue. Yeah, but Rob Buster's got a deeper catalogue than Rick Ross. Come on, it's, well, it's not about thing, a deeper but... catalogue. It's about twenty songs. That's it. Twenty. For hundred thousand John Bastards turn up at the gig, then he wins. But that's not going to happen, is it? No, because they'll all be outside eating Watsits. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just gobsmacked that we're that we're, we're Rick Ross has even been 
in the same conversation as Buster Rhymes. I find that fucking berserk. It's like it's like people who like talk about players who've been at like, oh yeah, Fernandez is better than Xavi. Oh. No, he's not. He's not. He hasn't done enough. This is going to wind the pair of you up, right? People are comparing Drake to Michael Jackson. Exactly. This is bullshit. <laughs> Look at him just, just is... jumping back in his chair with smug. <laughs> Feeling let proud of guys, himself. Let the guys talk it up. Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> He's literally walked in the room and going, you right, Cal? You right, John? Here's a grenade. And then just shut the door behind yeah, you. Yeah, shut the door. Guide. <laughs> yeah, mate. Guide. What's it yeah, like? Yeah, smoky. <laughs> Shocking, fucking shocking. That's the point. It's like um, with musicians, you did this is a bit like it's almost like a cult. And um, look, I believe there could be another Michael Jackson after I was disappointed listening to music. But the thing with Drake is just um, not none of us three get him, so it's not really worth us having a deep dive into whether he's any good or not because we just don't. It just doesn't land with us. But I just think he's, it's one of those ways it's got, st- it's more about star quality than actual quality of music for me. Yeah, I, I mean, my, my personal opinion, this is not a slight on Drake, actually, this is the whole point of this, my, my opinion is that there won't be an artist as big as Michael Jackson or an artist as big as a Madonna or an Elton John. And that's not because of their talent. It's because the world has changed where, and we've had this conversation before, where Michael Jackson releases a good song. It is played on every radio station in every household because there's a limited amount of access to music generally, right? So their global like awareness is already higher. Their record sales are like that because that's the only way to buy the music. You have to buy the album to get it. So I don't think there can be another Michael Jackson, Elton John, Beatles, like those top tier artists that are like iconic forever. And even when I, I do it, I'm really guilty of this where I'm like, yeah, but you ask like a 90 year old a Michael Jackson song and you ask a seven year old who was born like seven years ago a Michael Jackson song, they'll both know it. But if you ask a 90 year old a Drake song, they'll never have heard of Drake ever, right? But that again, like over time, that's just because Michael Jackson and Madonna and Elton John and the Beatles, they're ingrained already in society and are passed down. These new artists don't have that luxury. And that's why I think it's like, they're never going to be there's never going to be another Michael Jackson, a star that, that is that big. It just can't, it, it actually can't happen now. Like, and it won't happen. And that's fine. Like, they just, we need to. And the thing, the only thing that ever annoys me about this conversation is stop comparing them. You can't compare Drake to Michael Jackson. He will never be as big. He could have 200 number ones for the rest of his career. He will still won't be as big as Michael Jackson was in the 90s. It will never happen. So let's just stop comparing and just enjoy it. If you like his music, great. Fucking enjoy it. I agree. I Perfect. agree too, mostly because Drake's pretty shit. And, <laughs> yeah, and on top of that, music is just so disposable these days. Yeah, it's, it's worse. Just, it's worse. It's, it's worse. just, it's just, it comes out and then the next artist and the next artist. Whereas fucking Thriller, how long was that number one for? For ages, every song on it became number one and not a number one in today's sense where it streams. People went out and bought it and it's such a difference. People would go out and buy the songs. People don't do that anymore, so I agree. No one's ever going to be big as, as MJ. Yeah, MJ for life. Um, all right, let's move into part two. Uh, this is called Back in the Day. Back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. But some days I sit and wish I was a kid again. Back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. But some days I sit and wish I was a kid again. This is a story that references something or someone from the golden era. A couple of bits and pieces on here. Um, 
first of all, and I saw this for the first time today when you sent it to us, Cal, Mount Westmore Supergroup mm. um, subwoofer video, which is pretty good fun, uh, to be honest. Um, Cal, I think you sent this into the run on. Just give us the scoop on Mount Westmore. Who is it? Yeah. So it's, it's kind of come into like my consciousness over like the last week or so. And I keep, I've seen it. Uh, I've seen Mount Westmore being referred to a few times. I'm like, what is this? And then what I realized today was that Mount Westmore is a West Coast supergroup. And you, over the years, I think we've seen this kind of thing spoken about, like West Coast. It's always very much a West Coast thing. You wouldn't really get that in New York, I don't think. Um, I think egos are a bit too much for supergroups, really. Slaughterhouse is the only one that comes to mind. But it's Snoop Dogg, Ice Cube, E-40, and Too Short. Um, And they've made a song called Subwoofer. The video's quite fun. It's kind of like, um, what's that Star Wars program? Manda... Mandalorian. Thank you. Mandalorian. It reminds me of that a lot. Um, looks pretty good fun. The song sounds pretty cool. It's the sort of thing in my peak of buying music, I would have hoovered up that CD when it came out. No, you're like, yeah, West Coast. Oh shit, Supergroup. Yeah, yeah. I would have gone to the gone to HMV wearing all blue and a bandana around my head and said, Oh, what's up, Kurz? And gone and bought the CD. <laughs> with your braids. With twat life. With my braids. Twat laugh on his belly. (laughs) (laughs) Spitting spitting at the people as he goes in. (laughs) uh, Yeah, that would have been a bit of me. Echo tracksuit, top to bottom, like velour, like that would have been a bit of me. But um, I have to say, I don't think Ice Cube fits. Um, I don't think he, it doesn't, he's clearly the best rapper by him and then Snoop. I just don't think his style suits what they're trying to do. But it's early days. It's early days. Um, yeah, fair you, enough. Yeah. What, what enough. did you think of it, John? What did you think? Uh, so I I hadn't really heard of it. Right. I, I, weirdly, I'd, again, I, I, what I've learned about myself is that I basically brainlessly scroll Instagram and I very rarely read anything, just see things. So I'd actually seen this image of Snoop Dance and just thought it was a new Snoop song. Um, yeah. And so I just kind of ignored it. And then when you sent me the thing, I was like, put two and two together. And I was like, oh, okay, it's not just Snoop. It's like, it's this group. Um, my thoughts are, it's good fun. Like, it's it's a fun club type track. Uh, E-40's verse is absolute banter, for one. Like, it's just stupid and funny and just ridiculous and puns and just really lighthearted. And it's just, it sets the tone for the rest of the track really well. Snoop's verse is fucking fire. Snoop is so, so good still. It's He can just, I mean, he can just say anything, but like, it just fits so well on any sound. Like, it's it's a remarkable skill set. Um, he sounds great. Uh, I, I liked... Um, cube on it i thought he was good because i thought he gives a bit of an edge that they 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 were missing the rest of them are quite like slow paced rappers and he just comes in just fucking savages everyone mm. um and yeah it'd be interesting to see what else we get from them so i thought it was good um t how about you mate what were your what were your thoughts i didn't listen i'm really sorry <laughs> knew it, <laughs> I, knew it. <laughs> I knew it fucking fine <laughs> i've been just i've been busy today so i have not chance to listen but i see he was one of the most underrated rappers alive and he belongs in any all-time top five. Supergroups in hip-hop have a very um, checkered history. The Firm, you guys must remember, you must remember yeah. that, surely. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that died a death. And um, before Biggie died, they're going to make the commissioned, which is have had Charlie Baltimore in it. So it's it's a shame that they've waited till they're like in their 50s to do this group, because that group back in the day could have maybe done something. The only supergroup I can think of in... 
in black music in recent years, well, last 25 years, is Lucy Pearl. And it lasted for a massive one album, which is <laughs> shameful. But I love that one album that it is. It's a good album. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess it's like collectives, like the whole Soul Question collective. If you, yeah, yeah. if you include that, I mean, that body of work is fucking amazing. Like, there's some really classic albums come out of that period. But yeah, Lucy Pearl, probably the only like actual proper official group out of that group of people as well. Um, all right. That group, the Four Horsemen, isn't there? Is it? It's. Last Cast, Planet Asia. Corrupt. I want to say. Cannabis and corrupt. Is it corrupt? I think that but that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. And that's it's just proper like, neckbeard music. Miracle, like, miracle music. Yeah, yeah. It's proper no fear hoodie, <laughs> velcro wallet, like proper lyrical miracle stuff. Yeah. Love it. The back, the backpack boys are back. Um, right. Let's um, move on to the next bit. We're talking about T's newfound love for wine. Um, Flavor Flav, one year sober. So good good for him. I've seen pictures. He looks fucking loads better, man. He was looking pretty, pretty ropey. And I think it's fair to say, and T, you probably have a a much better recollection of um, Public Enemy uh, at their kind of pomp. But I think he would have been quite high on the list of early deaths in hip hop because he didn't seem to me like a like a very healthy living kind of guy. No, not at all. And he's so talented, you know, plays about 15 instruments. That's what people don't really realise about him. But um, Fonte, who's one of the best followers on hip on um, all of Twitter, um, he says it's nice to see the old generation looking after themselves. And um, there's a few of them have just made, I mean, even Buster Rhymes, you mentioned earlier, said a massive lifestyle change. He's um, lost loads of weight. He almost died, actually, um, a short while ago. So... It's nice to see that generation looking after themselves because hip hop is a young man's game, young young person's game, not just men. Young young person's game. And yeah, well, you know, <laughs> I pulled it back. I reined it back. <laughs> and, um... The thing is, what a lot of people won't know is like T is like the most unsexist person ever. Yeah. <laughs> like he's always correcting our pronouns and everything else. But what what everyone does know is that you give a fucking hint of a fuck give, up and you get in fucking piranhaed, mate. You get in piranhaed. It's my turn. It's my turn today. But um, he probably just presented as a young person genre, and there's an older generation who a lot of them are broke. So. It's nice that, I mean, I don't think Flavor Flav is necessarily broke because of um, the reality TV market is cornered, but it's nice that, you know, he's kind of got over the worst of, of his life. Well, yeah, absolutely. And, and anyone, look, fundamentally, anyone who has been living a pretty unhealthy lifestyle wants to change and move away from booze to make himself feel better, be better for the people around them, all that stuff should definitely be celebrated. And, and you're right, like this, that generation of some of the greatest artists in the, the music and the culture that we love are of an age where they do need to start looking after themselves. And it's nice to see that because we want to see them live long and, and uh, do well. So it's nice That's to see. Um, cool. All right, let's move into part three. Uh, this is The Choice Is Yours. Two Things and Why could be an album, could be an artist, could be a comedian, could be sneaker brands. Try and keep it as relevant as possible to the week of recording. I couldn't think of anything. 
this week, like not a single thing that would make it relevant. So I just thought, okay, well, what would be retro? And I was reading through these and it was like sneaker brands, comedians. And I was like, well, Dave Chappelle. And then I was like, but who's the, who's like the like equivalent of Dave Chappelle? Like, is it Dave Chappelle versus Chris Rock? And I'm like, what is this? 2005, like fucking hell. So I thought, no, nah, we'll, we'll part that. And I thought, I was just thinking about retro things. And I remember when I was at school, people having Carl Carney jeans. Yeah, Carl nice. Canai. Carl Canai. <laughs> Carl Canai, right. But oh, where, where I'm from, T, is Carl Carney. All right, mate. It's, it's the Luton pronunciation. I couldn't afford it. Yeah. I remember seeing it because it just looked like, like the jeans I remember in this particular era, like you just saw the big K and it was like always like orange and red, like scrawled across the arse. Now, for years, I never knew what it was, right? I just knew them as like this brand, right? And when I got slightly older, and I heard people talking about Karl Marx and I saw the word written down. I thought, oh, that must be that brand because it just used to look like a Karl and then just a squiggle. Yeah, I, like, Marxism. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Karl Marx. I was like, why do they make jeans based on that guy? That's a bit fucking weird. Uh, and then obviously like got older and realized, OK, no, that's that. And then also the other thing that would go around my school, because obviously, you know, being in sort of a suburb of Luton, there's one brand uh, for us, by us, FUBU. That obviously makes total sense for a lot of middle class and working class white kids to wear, which is uh, which is FUBU. And that was a bit of a thing at my school. It was like, as we called it, Kalkani, which is Kalkani, or FUBU. They were the two big ones. There was Naf Naf as well for a bit and Spliffy. Yep, I could name more brands. Chippy, Chippy, Chevron. But I'm a bit older than you guys, so probably before your time. But those two, uh, Naf Naf was, was French, I think. Yeah, there were loads. Were there any other? Like, I was just trying to think of retro brands that were like bigger at the time. Helly Henson. Helly Henson. Fucking hell, yeah. Nautica. Yeah. Um, Do you remember like shoes? It was like kickers were big. Pod. But if you wear them now, kickers are still about. Um, Yeah, yeah, you got. um, Oh, I forgot the fucking fun I was going to say. I've had had one wine too many. Memory's gone. But. no, that era, I'm glad I was broke back then because um, Tupac did a video for I Ain't Mad At Ya. What did he wear in that video? Tell me what he wore. Fuck, don't know. Don't know. The, the iconic thing for that video was him wearing a white suit, rapping to... Rapping uh, to yes, he does. Yeah, Lava yeah. and the Tupac. Yes. And I wanted a white suit so bad, uh. right? <laughs> but I was broke, right? And I was 10 stone then. Skinny as fuck. Imagine me in a bloody white suit. Amazing. <laughs> look like fucking look like um skeletal, like it should have looked. It was just fucked up, man. <laughs> and yeah, the white suit was what I wanted. That was one of the iconic images of Tupac, and that's from, from that video. And, um, Bokeem Woodbine in that video. Mm. And people mistaken for Dave Chappelle, bad yeah. people. Yeah, which yeah. is bad. He's also in um Sopranos as Master G or whatever he's called. And he plays like the rapper. And and as soon as I see him, I just I always think about him and just think it's so funny that people think he looks like Dave Chappelle because he kind of does, but also nothing like him in any way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Cal, how about you? What was the like? What were the retro brands in your school? Like, were there any like beefs between brands? There was all like obviously there was the whole Adidas Nike thing. Yeah, there was. Yeah, I think I've said before. Like Spliffy was it. Eclipse was another one. Um, <laughs> Eclipse is the one. I used to draw the Spliffy logo. I'm not good at art at all. I can't do anything creative. But I would just sit there drawing the Spliffy logo all the time with a massive joint coming out. Oh, as well. You drew it. Uh, 
yeah, I would draw it all the time. It wasn't very good, obviously, because I'm not good at that kind of thing. But I would just sit there drawing it in school, along with the funny S's with the three lines and then the, the S, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, those um, I've still got somewhere a Sean John, a Sean John fitted hat. But it's red, so I can't wear it. I couldn't, oh, wear, I couldn't wear it anyway. I don't know what possessed me to buy a red Sean John hat. Um, I must have felt like a blood that week. I don't know. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it was. Yeah, I, I've, I've very quickly found out what FUBU stood for and realized it wasn't for me, that they didn't make it for me. Uh, I wanted it to be for me. And when I did when I did my um, ancestry test, I was like, please, come on, let me wear FUBU. I just want to wear FUBU. But it didn't happen. It just didn't happen. So yeah, those are the main ones. Sean John, Fat um, Farm. Do you remember? Fat Farm. Yeah. When I was old Rock enough, away. I had some S. Rock away. Yeah. When I was old enough, I had some S. Carters shoe yeah, trainers. Same. And I had some G Unit sneakers as well. Same. Obviously, I had some G Unit sneakers. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, those are the ones that stand out. Yeah, they were they were simpler times. Uh, I I was fortunate in the sense I had two older brothers, so I would always get like their hand me downs, and so like I would right. pick up the odd like naff naff jacket, but it'd have a rip inside the fucking pocket, or like <laughs> spliffy, spliffy jeans, but the fucking I don't know the bottoms were scuffed or some shit like that. So I'd always get them eventually, but they'd always be either when they'd gone out of fashion or proper proper fucked. Um, but you took what you could get back then and just dealt with it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, no questions this week. Um, but if you do want to submit questions, reach out to us on Twitter um, at NotoriousPOD or you can get us on the website, NotoriousPOD.com. Also, if you've got any um, suggestions of music to feature on our Halftime uh, half Hype playlist, ping it over. We need some new submissions, some stuff to review. As always, we get some stuff, a lot of it's trash. So we need some good stuff to to pick and play. So if you think you've got what it takes send it over so we can have a little listen and we will review it uh, and then we will play it if it's good um, I still think go on I still think there is a market for trash half time submissions dissing the previous person Jay the Virgo was the last one yeah. and we love Jay the Virgo but there's a small part of me that really wants to see him get fucking dunned by someone in a diss track you know you know what yeah um, I know John hates the US office but you, you know Stanley, right? Mm-hmm. You can't do Stanley, and that's Jay the Virgo for me. You, he's just—he's a monolith of the podcast. He's—he's he's like the lighthouse of the podcast. He's exactly. one of the guys who we want to see blow up, and I'm not having that happen to him. I won't. Just anyone else, but not him. I'm I, talking Jay yeah. Genesis Elijah's the insane. <laughs> Not him either, you cunt. He's amazing. Jennifer goes for mugging you off. Jennifer goes for mugging you off. What, what, what I would like to see, I think T's hit something there. I want them to release diss tracks about us. Either all three of us. Oh, yes. The poor, oh. All of us. That's what I want to hear. And then we're just I fucking... Right, you know. <laughs> People going in on T because he's a sexist. Fucking doing yeah. it. <laughs> God. Like some kind of podcast squid game, just like we all just. Well, anyway, I'm not going to say what I'm going to say. Yes. So we you just on. know, like Genesis Elijah is going to release a song called Felonious Farage, and it's going to be about tea. <laughs> 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 Tell you what, loosely related to music, one of the best things I saw today, Jim Davidson had this. Jim Davidson, who's oh, in the yeah. UK, yeah. all racist bellend, had um, a sit down with Ashley Banjo, who's um head of a dance troupe called Diversity. And um, 
Then I sit down to talk about stuff that Jim Davidson had done. And Jim Davidson walks out, right? (laughs) (laughs) Walking away with Bradley Banjo. And Ashley says, you've got the wrong door, mate. Oh, he has to walk back. It's so good. He timed it beautifully. Because it's like he knew it. Yeah. Like Ashley Banjo, he's, he's thought to himself, he's going the wrong way, but I'm going to let him keep going. Yeah. And well, then lets him get door. to the door and goes, that's not the way out, mate. <laughs> the thing so is, if Jim Davis tried to swing for Ashley Banjo, he would lose badly. Ashley Banjo oh, is strong God. as fuck. Oh, God, yeah, he's got 30 years on him. He's a big blob. Um, my my favourite bit was when Banjo was trying to say to him, like, why did you feel the need to, like say the comments you said and he went the thing is right there's black lads out there dressing in black and there's people worried about it (laughs) (laughs) and there's there's an audience for that there's an audience for him saying that and I just think I mean there are some racists that kind of get why there's appeal there but why would he appeal to you he's a cunt I mean they're all cunts but why him Yeah, he's not even subtle there's, you know, like some of these you. people where it's like the way they present their argument is not overtly racist. So like they, yeah. they present it in a way that's like you're being wronged and your things are being attacked, but they're not like they're not overtly saying like anything negative, but the undertones are there. I can mm. understand that because you're sort of you're buying into people's fears and concerns and stuff and presenting it in a way. But he's like he's out there just saying <laughs> mad shit like yeah. people are worried about black people wearing black. What are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? It was a yes. fucking hot mess, but I thought Banjo uh, handled it pretty well and mugged him off. And you're right, that was one of the most beautiful moments when he went, you can't get out that way, Jim. <laughs> and he had, to, he had to fucking come walking back. It was, it was absolutely glorious. Nice. glorious stuff. All right, boys, I think that'll, that'll do us. Um, yeah, if you've enjoyed it, uh, please go to uh, give us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your pods. We'd appreciate it. Um, where can people find you, Cal? Uh, at BT The Grand Slam everywhere. Anywhere. T. Thelonious Filth. Um, Twitter, Instagram. Man's dead. Man's Snapchat. Man's out there. Uh, and if you want to follow me at the real John Bass on socials, uh, and yeah, no choice. You've got to change that handle, man. Why? Man's out. I ain't hiding. They want me. They can fucking bring it on. I got a baseball bat, G A T under my bed. Bring it on, fucking. Who's who's a fake John Bass then? <laughs> Mate, I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting. You've got to, <laughs> you've got to put just it out in there. To to the yeah. 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 Oh, that's an idea. That yeah. Basically cool. what it is, is like, I never had a Twitter. I was really behind with the whole Twitter thing. And so I knew a couple of people that had Twitter accounts, mainly celebrities. And so theirs was like at the real something. And I was like, oh, maybe that's what you do. So I just did that. And then I was like, everyone kept going, well, you've got at the real, like you're some sort of celebrity. <laughs> Fuck. I was like, oh, fuck it, I'll just stick with it now. And so, you know, now people just go, and actually it worked in my favour because I think I've told this story before, but when uh, The Rock was doing Baywatch with an actor called John Bass, spelt exactly the same, Ooh. he was tweeting, he was copying me into the tweets, <laughs> promoting nice. the movie, nice. which is why I started replying back to him going, so he followed me and then was like tweeting, our oh, promotion, brilliant performance, thinking it was the actor, yeah. which is why I DM'd him going, like, cheers for following me, but I think you think I'm the other person. Just wanted to let you know. And then he replied back to me going, oh, thanks for letting me know. Appreciate it. Uh, take oh, care of yourself. Oh, you should have changed your picture. Change your you picture to the actress and said, fuck off, you mug. <laughs> yeah, I've, have you never seen... I'm sure I've told you this story. Oh, that would have been so Yeah, but you're not screenshot it. Oh, I'll show you. I'll show you. Change your picture to the actor 
and then just started putting out all sorts of racisms and just ruined his whole life. I'm sure he's literally yeah. cancelled him. Yeah. Yeah, look, I'll, I'll show you the screen, but I'll, I'll screenshot it to you later. That's The Rock's oh, official yeah. thing. The Rock. Just me and him having a chat. Oh, so, that's wow. nice. It's pretty so, cool. Yeah, he just came back. What a good job you're doing. Exactly. Just, uh, just Dwayne The Rock Johnson telling me what a great job I'm nice. doing. Nice. So, yeah. Look well, on that note, <laughs> yeah. thanks for joining us. Uh, we will see you for the next episode. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Notorious P.O.D., a hip-hop podcast. This was a hip-hop forum episode, so a special thank you to Cal and team for their insight as always. Big up to man like Grindhouse, who's made all the theme music for the show. So please follow him on Twitter and show him some love. At Music Grindhouse and on Spotify by searching for Grindhouse. That's G-R-I-N-D House. Please remember to leave us a review, or as we call it, your five for five. So give us a five-star review, and in return, you can leave us your top five favourite MCs of all time. Remember, we'll be adding all the songs mentioned and featured in our episodes on a Spotify playlist. So if you search for the Notorious Podcast Joints, you will find it. If you don't already, please follow us on Twitter at NotoriousP underscore O underscore D. On Instagram, we're at the Notorious POD. And follow me on Insta and Twitter at the Real John Bass. That's J O N B A S. See you next time. Peace.